Right. The time has come for a transpartisan repeal caucus by Matt Welch, published at Reason on July 26th, read to you at uh, Paloma Headquarters North, Paloma Headquarters Countryside on July 27th. The federal government's decades-long war on marijuana, one of the most life-mangling policies ever enacted, could be ended with a single sentence. Reads like this. The Controlled Substances Act shall not apply to marijuana, period. Put it in the bill, vote on the bill, pass the bill, sign the bill, done. Much of the federal government's drug war law enforcement machinery would, at that moment, grind to a halt. No legislative horse trading, no Christmas tree-style gifts to favored constituencies, no giving old bureaucracies new responsibilities. Just the simple and urgent removal of the legal justification for grievous government harm. This elegant approach, reminiscent of the 21st Amendment's repeal of federal alcohol prohibition, is apparently beyond the pale for big government lifers like Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, as Jacob Solom has repeatedly detailed in the digital pages of Reese Magazine. But it's the shortest line to a point where a supermajority of Americans right now want pot policy to be. And it's a template that could and should be used at every level of government by every flavor of politician. The internet is filled with comical listicles, many of them dubiously sourced, by the way, of colorfully archaic state and local laws about bouncing pickles, pronouncing Arkansas, such like. A handful of states even have law revision commissions that go hunting for such deadwood in the legal code, then pass the nominees on to the legislature. But there are more pressing outrages on the books right now whose speedy removal would reduce state-sanctioned injustice and relieve some of the misery produced by central planned folly. A cross-partisan caucus of politicians, staffers, activists, commentators, and other professionals in the often disreputable world of politics could and should band together on a case-by-case -case basis, identifying bad and harmful laws and regulations that are on the books, and propose direct legislative repeals. The repeal caucus could rally around existing legislation, like the Ending Federal Marijuana Prohibition Act, introduced a decade ago by Jared Polis, rebooted more recently by Tulsi Gabbard, and supported by not a small number of Republicans. There are also various repeal bills introduced by the cross-partisan likes of Barbara Lee and Peter Meyer, targeting various old authorizations for the use of military force, or AUMS. The arguments are similar, they're consistent, they're compelling. These laws from days gone by are being used right now to inflict tangible damage on human beings. So let's repeal them. If uh, the repealers notch a few such victories and build some muscle memory, they can go on to explore the joys of bad law removal all across the scaffolding of government. Here are a few such laws and regulations ripe for euthanasia. Drum roll, please. The Jones Act. This perennial libertarian target, subject of yet another damning Cato Institute study from just this week, is a protectionist 1920 law that prohibits non-American ships from carrying cargo between two American ports. Problem is, some of these American ports are pretty far away, like Anchorage, or Honolulu, or Guam. The 
predictable as the sunrise result is that the cost of all goods shipped to and fro American-run islands, like comparatively poor Puerto Rico, are way more expensive than they ever should be. All this to protect the builders and owners of fewer than 100 American ships. Kid you not. Here, I pause to heartily recommend a Reason TV Jones Act video starring Captain Andrew Heaton. URLs available on request. Uh, we're not done with obscure century plus old protectionism. The Foreign Dredge Act of 1906 <laughs> requires muckraking vessels to be American built, owned, and manned, thereby making the dredging and improving of U.S. ports considerably more expensive for no good reason at all. Good thing we don't have a supply chain problem. Another enabler of government malfeasance is the Justice Department's so-called equitable sharing program for civil asset forfeiture. Euphemisms enough here? Most Americans are shocked when they discover that law enforcement can seize and pocket the money and property uh, from people who are never even charged with the crime. They're more shocked still to learn that cops now use civil asset forfeiture to nab more money and property combined each year than the amount Americans report being robbed. You heard that right. According to the best measurements we have, cops are now stealing more each year than robbers. As this odious and facially unconstitutional practice has finally come under public scrutiny over the past seven, eight years, thank you mainstream media for catching up to reason, uh, helping to generate a series of state-level bans on the practice, a third nasty surprise has reared its head. State and local law enforcement can circumvent these bans by partnering with the Justice Department, which then allows equitable sharing of the ill-gotten booty with the money-hungry local police force. The repeal caucus motto should be, in my estimation, first undo harm. So to that rubric, the first easy step on the federal level is simply to prohibit federal law enforcement from engaging in or in any way encouraging civil asset forfeiture, period. This would, among other things, force the Drug Enforcement Administration to find a more legit source of funding. But there's also a perfectly fine argument made in late 2020 by then lame duck Congressman Justin Amash to pass a federal ban on the practice altogether in the name of securing otherwise trampled due process rights. As mentioned previously, there are a handful of AUMFs, authorizations for use of military force, dating back to 1957 to fight international communism, 1991, Iraq, 2001, 9-11, and 2002, Iraq Part Two. These laws, especially the latter two, are being used this day, this hour, to wage otherwise undeclared war across the globe. No self-respecting legislature within a constitutional framework that gives the war declaration power to Congress should sit back willingly and let some ancient rubber stamp justify today's drone wars. Take responsibility. Another butte is the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, prohibition on broadcast indecency. Remember that? May be surprised to humans under a certain age, but quote, it is a violation of federal law to air obscene programming at any time. It is also a violation of federal law to broadcast indecent or profane programming during certain hours, end quote. It says it right there on the FCC website. So, what qualifies as obscene? 
material that, in context, depicts or describes sexual or excretory organs or activities in terms patently offensive as measured by contemporary community standards for the broadcast medium. I'm not sure whether this means we can or cannot say China is asshole. Uh, it's true that so-called actionable indecency standard, which was invented by the FCC in 1978 and still theoretically punishable by up to two years in prison, does not get prosecuted much these days. But that's no reason for free speech defenders to be complacent. Public censoriousness and major party calls for regulating speech are on the rise these days. Keeping these regulations around at a time of political populism is like delivering a bucket of loaded pistols to a bar fight. There's gonna be violence. I'm sure anyone listening to this can think of plenty of other pieces of rancid, low-hanging legal fruit. The point is less to produce the ultimate libertarian law removal wish list, though libertarians, being equal opportunity critics of government misuse of power, tend to have topical ideas and allies all over the spectrum. But rather, it's to start a new transpartisan habit, to look for issues with high existing or potential public support, and to identify ways to reduce government harm. Right now, with one sentence. If government is the source of existing injustice, you do not need an architect to draft an elaborate new bureaucratic remedy. You just need a good eraser. Don't let central planners be the enemy of the obvious fix. Repeal caucus? Mount them!